to take some time, and we'll go from there. Amen. Open your hearts and your Bibles. Praise the Lord, church. I'm thankful to be here in the house of God. And I don't say that lightly. It's a, it's a great privilege. Ever since the Lord rescued me four years ago, I take, it's, it's a great joy for me to be able to come. Every opportunity. It's like Elder said, if the door's open, you're there. I'm there. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Um, there's this, uh, I have a friend that one time said something that marked me, and I, uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not building a message off of it, but it was just something that stuck with me. It's, uh, he said, sometimes fast. Lord does things sometimes fast, and he does things sometimes slow, but he's always on time. And so, with that in mind, I'd like for you to turn to Ephesians chapter 3. <clears throat> Excuse me, Philippians chapter 3. I apologize for my cough. It's still lingering, but God is good. For context, Paul writes, oh, and I'm starting in uh, verse 12. Brother Jerry. For context, uh, Paul writes to the church and tells them to rejoice in the Lord and to have no confidence in the flesh. Count all things, and he counted all things lost that he may find Christ and be found in him so that he may retain the resurrection of the dead. And so with that in mind, let's start in verse 12, or yeah. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded, and if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal this even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. A different translation in verse 12 says, let, us, let those of us who are mature think this way. And that's what I follow after. When I say sometimes fast, sometimes slow, I'm believing that we're aiming towards a prize at the very end, and what that prize is, perfection. Perfection that we will certainly never have in this life, but we aim for. Perfection is a maturity, a completeness, a whole that is, can only be attained in Christ. And so, with that in mind, I know I beat myself up. <laughs> I beat myself up whenever... Uh, I miss the mark uh, in any regard, you know, uh, but, but God is faithful, and he has allowed us to come continually before him and, uh, and seek him and find rest and refuge in him. And so it's perhaps a slow process, but quitting will not speed it up. I hope that made sense. <laughs> Quitting definitely is not going to speed anything up, so you must endure. It's not an easy process, but it's a process. 
and a conversation that I've had with someone going through a serious dilemma uh, was mentioned, I don't know if I'm being sifted or if I'm being tried or if I know, and I can only say, and I can say to you, just trust that you're in the potter's hands. Yeah. Trust that he has your life in his control and that he is faithful. And I, I, I cannot say that enough. He is faithful. So we stand fast. We stand in him and we trust in him because he will never let us down. Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse 13. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. I think that's the key word right there, sanctification. It's a process that he's forming and molding in us, and nobody's going to get it the first day. But sanctification is a process that we all must endure. Think purification. Think the Old Testament. Every time that they were pronounced ceremonial, ceremonially, it's a hard word in English, ceremonially clean, there was a process of ritual purification. There was a process of cleansing one's outer appearance and inner man. You know, there was a process of getting right with God that wasn't immediate, but God commanded it in the way that he, it pleased him. And so we become sanctified whenever we, uh, now that we have come to believe and receive the gospel and believing through obedience, he's justified us so we can be sanctified to be in him. Verse 14, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work, word and work. Establish you form you, make you into every good word and work through the good hope that is through grace. I thank God for that. Praise God. And uh, Colossians chapter 1. This process that he kept, that he has all of us in, this walk that is a journey through Christ, this life that we live in, is uh, is that a process? It's a journey, and so um, Paul said it. This one thing I do, I believe it. We could sum it all up to one thing that we're doing. It's to attain him. This one thing that I do could be for the purpose of getting to know him. And this one thing 
could be summed up in our very uh, being. So that's why uh, that is what God desires of us. And uh, Colossians 1, 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you recall in the service during Sunday, the second service, we were made in, in his image and we're being transformed glory to, from glory to glory. That was a powerful word, and that was fit for me. But <laughs> it's not going to be right away. We're being transformed continually. We're going to go through things, and he's going to make us more like him, to be more Christ-minded, to be more, uh, I want to say, Christ-focused to where we can imitate him Verse 28, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. This mystery among the Gentiles is a mystery to all the pagans, ungodly, unbelievers. You fill in the blank. Anyone that does not know God, anyone that needs to, this is the mystery to the Gentiles that Christ was made manifest through us. He that was the light of the world, now we're the light of the world. He, was, he that was the word of God, now we have that same word in us, the word of God to give to others. And Jesus wants to reach the world through us. Amen? Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. This working in me continually. This working that will continue until the very end, so that we may obtain this high calling, so that we may press towards this mark, this mark of the high calling of God. I'm thankful for the Lord and for what he continues to do. I'm thankful that he continues to move in us, and specifically he continues to draw on us. He, he, he desires to make us more like him every day, but how can we become more like him if we don't let him? You know, How can we keep his word unless we hide it in our heart? The word of God, uh, Psalms, I believe. Psalms chapter 40. Number, verse number four, blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works, which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order with thee, if I would declare and speak of them. They are more than can be numbered. The work that he does for us is innumerable. The work that he desires for us, if we let him, cannot compare to what we could ever imagine. And so the Lord is, uh, is inviting us always to seek after him, inviting us always to become more like him and so that we can be the mystery revealed to the Gentiles, so to speak, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Proverbs chapter 
two. Verse number one. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thy ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest, liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous, he is a buckler to them that walk uprightly, and he keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. How does this come? When we keep his word. How does this all come about? When we hide it in our heart. When we cry after knowledge. When we seek wisdom that can only come from him. The word of God says that the, beginning of, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And uh, when we fear the Lord, he takes care of us. Uh, and I want to finish on Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart. So, thou, so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not in thine own understanding. Why does he tell us to bind them about our neck? Because if anyone's like me, it's real easy to forget. In Deuteronomy 6, he tells them to write it upon their arms and to put it upon their foreheads, to recite it daily. Because he wants us to keep his word how easy it is to forget something, anything. How easy is it to forget the Lord when we don't diligently seek him? I speak that from experience because I would get caught up in my own world. Do you know? I'm doing all right, God. <laughs> and fail. <laughs> but we have to seek him and hide the word in our heart. And we have to keep it so that we don't forget lest we turn away lest we go after idols, lest we bring filth into our, into our soul, you know? Can we just trust in him? And can we just thank him? Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you, Jesus. Because you are our provider and you are the word of life unto me. I praise you, Jesus, and I honor you. I give you glory and I give you praise. I pray, Lord, that you would let us seek you closer and more and more daily. Help us, Lord, that the word of God may lead and guide us, that the word of God be a lamp unto our feet, that the word of God may be our direction and our guide. We want to trust in you, Lord, and not understand not lean into our own understanding. God, you have everything in order. You have all things ordered for those that seek you. I thank you, mighty God.
Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Brother Renee. Praise God. I want to be seeking him, don't you? I want to be seeking him every day. I, um, I'm thankful for the many of you. Um, I, I don't know who that is and isn't. We're not keeping tabs. Um, but I, I get the sense that it's many. Um, I'm so thankful for the many who are participating this month in abstaining from media. Um, now, we'll sort of put you on the spot. How many of you would say you can, we're only two weeks in, but how many of you say, I'm starting to notice some things different? Anybody? Noticing some things? I would encourage you to write down what you're noticing or recognizing by abstaining. And um, the what's what's been interesting to me in this abstaining process, and and I'm not a social media person, <laughs> um, so hence the the media. I, I we got a magazine in the mail the other day, and I got ready to open it. I'm like, no. That's print media. I'm not going to be reading that either. I'm just going to, I, I, so I didn't. It's still wrapped in plastic. Um, but um, what I've what I've found interesting is how often early on the first few days, how almost automatic I would get ready to go to something. Anybody had that happen? And be like, oh, not like a guilt trip, right? Just a, oh, okay. Um, I, I found that I, whether I'm at work or I'm at home, when I open my computer, uh, the page it lands on is filled with news. And so uh, I caught myself just out of habit scrolling down one day. My wife says, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, Right. Again, just we don't realize how habitually we consume things. How habitually we have this habit of consuming. Um, and uh, it's really arrested my spirit in prayer. I've, I've found myself repenting to the Lord about where I've habitually engaged in things not sin but where I've just so readily filled my time with that so readily without even right and uh, I, I feel the Lord uh, beckoning us deeper there really is a beckoning of the Lord the scripture one place in scripture says deep calleth unto deep um, at the noise of the water spouts and I, there is a beckoning um, of the Lord. And when we talk about deep things and deep places in that scripture, I, through time, my, my view of that has changed. It, it's really about deeper in relationship with him. Um, our, our abstaining from media is and and we've coupled that this week with fasting um and i'm asking again those that would next week like i asked the men at least set aside a day um it, it really is about 
depth of relationship versus surface relationship. Um, I'd like you to pray with me just a minute before we go just a little bit further. Did you do that? Jesus, we want a depth of relationship with you. We desire the places you would have us to go. We desire what you desire. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We are clearly, uh, we ministered a little bit about it Sunday, we are clearly in transition uh, with a building, if nothing else. But I think it's far more than that. Um, I, I think the location in the center of Yakima is not coincidental. Uh, I, I believe it is a, a spiritual shift that is taking place, a transition spiritually that is taking place. And we would do well to posture ourselves for what God is doing. I, 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 I am stuck on transition. I don't think we're going to talk about it. Well, I better not say I don't think we're. I'm going to go here. I'm going to try to be quick. Um, you know, the, I've, I've been doing a lot of reading and searching in Scripture about fasting. And uh, you'll probably get more of that later. But there was a time in the book of Ezra where they were by the river and Ezra declared a fast. So we're going to fast. And it was a time of transition. They had gotten the approval of the king to go and build and work. And Ezra makes the statement, you know, when he's praying, Lord, now we, we told him that you were going to care for us and guide us. And, but they were concerned about some things that could happen to them in transition, people that would try to harm them or hurt them as they were physically transitioning from one place to the other. And so they're by a river praying, and he declared a fast and said, we fasted that the Lord would keep us because we didn't want to go back to the heathen king and ask him for protection and help when we'd said our God's going to take care of us. And so they prayed and fasted, waiting on the Lord in a time of transition. They were going somewhere. And Ezra said, I love the last part of that verse. He says, and he heard us. And he heard us. And so this time of abstaining and, 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 fa- and we're going to talk more about fasting. That might get some of you nervous. I know you think maybe we checked that off the box at the first of the year. But we're, we're going to talk more about it. Um, it is a posturing for where God's taking us. Um, and that's about all I know about that right now. Um, I, I know I like to eat. Yeah, you do too? Okay. Anybody else like to eat? Yeah. Ecclesiastes 6 and 7, maybe you can put that up there. I, in this abstaining from media, like I mentioned, I, I, I've been repenting where I've realized how quickly I've gone to something or whether it's just scrolling the news or, um, you know, I, I'll tell on myself, hopefully this doesn't offend anybody. If it offends you, come talk to me, okay? Um, 
there's a 19, now 20-year-old kid um, who's seven foot three. He's pretty tall. He's taller than I am. Um, he just turned 20. He was a 19-year-old kid uh, that is from France, started playing basketball in the United States, and he's like this phenom. He's built, he's about as big around as I am. Um, but I, I'm, I'm amazed at the talent and the ability that this, to be so tall and so long and to be able to, the way he can move and handle and control his body. And, and so I found myself before we went into this abstaining from media, uh, I'd go to YouTube and I'd watch, they, the, the world is enamored with him right now. And so it's like when Michael Jordan came on the scene, but we didn't have YouTube then. Um, and so I'd find myself just going and if there was a, if he played, I'd watch the highlights, his highlights. And so um, an example, now if you do that, I'm not telling you that's sin, but I realized how habitually I would do things. Is this making sense? And so I want to talk to us just a few minutes about that tonight. Not, not about the seven foot four guy. <laughs> Some of you know who I'm talking about. Some of you are like, I don't have a clue. Ecclesiastes 6 and 7, written by the wisest man who ever lived. All the labor of man is for his mouth. That's quite the statement, isn't it? All that work you've been doing, all those paychecks you've been earning. <laughs> It's for your mouth. All the labor of man is for his mouth. What? Watch the next part of that verse. And yet, and yet, the appetite is not filled. I want you to hear that again. All the labor of man is for his mouth. And yet, the appetite is not filled. How is it that you can work on a job to earn an income and, and man, you feel like you're just getting by? And then you, you get a pay raise, and then before long, you're just getting by. And then you, you get a nicer car, and before long, you're just getting by. And, and then you get a new place to live, and before long, you're just getting by. What's going on? This is exactly what the writer's talking about. All the labor of man, it's for his mouth. It's for himself. And yet, even with the labor, his appetite's not satisfied. It's not filled. I, I need more. I, I need more. I need more. I, I, I marvel because of being in the financial industry. I marvel at some of these individuals that make $100,000, $200,000 a month. <laughs> I know it got your attention now. You thought I was going to say a year, didn't you? <laughs> now you're listening. They make $100,000, $200,000 a month, and they're starting new businesses, trying to find a way to generate more income streams, trying to find ways to make. Like, what is it? The appetite's not filled. It's not that they don't have enough finance. Their appetite's not filled. There's an appetite, an earthly appetite, that no matter what you do, it's not enough. It's, 
we're, we're learning this for those of us that are have purpose to abstain from media this month. Our our desire, our appetite is it's like ah. How many of you are, if you're willing to admit it, you don't have to admit it. I don't want to put any. I'll give you an opportunity if you're like, hey, I'll say it. How many, how many of you are having withdrawals, so to speak? They're like, God, man, what am I doing with this? Is somebody, okay. You're like, man, this is a, this is a, I've heard some things from some people, but that I didn't see their hands, but that's okay. I, I'm not, I love it. I love it. No, right. You, you realize like, those, that's an example of what I'm talking about, how habitually it's like, man, that's become my appetite. I would think that, I, I'm, I'm making this up, I would think that going to Pinterest and I could do without that. Okay? I can. Okay. But, but you understand my point. Like, I would think I could, but you start realizing, what is, why am I? It, it's, it's just, it's been my appetite. It, it feeds my appetite. I, why is it that they create these media apps so that you scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and you're like, oh my goodness, I just spin it out. And then the next day, you, or you have a brief moment, you're, what is it? Your appetite and, and nothing's ever filling it. It's not being filled. This is what the writer of Ecclesiastes, Solomon, is telling us. He's saying, hey, all this physical, earthly labor and pursuit, you're never going to satisfy. It's an interesting word, that word appetite. Go with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 5. Let's start with verse number 11, please. Just Isaiah 5 and verse 11. It's what the prophet declares. Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning. Now, if you're going, man, I thought elders believed in early morning prayer. we got to finish reading. Right. Woe to them that rise up early in the morning that they may follow strong drink that continue until night, until wine inflame them. Next verse. And the harp and the vial and the tabret and pipe and wine are in their feasts. Oh, so, so it's, they're getting up early in the morning, drink, music. Food, but, notice, they regard not the work of the Lord. Neither do they consider the operation of his hands. Next verse. Therefore, I want you to see the result of this. This is the result of pursuing earthly appetite. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity. Because they have no knowledge. And their honorable men are what? Famished. That means starved. Their honorable men are famished. And their multitude are dried up with thirst. How did this happen? From the morning when they get up early till the end of the day, they're feeding their earthly appetite. And as a result, they're in bondage. I'm going to tell you, we've got... We have churches that are in bondage because we have given ourselves to Sundays and Thursdays and reading some scripture and checking some boxes, but we're filling ourselves with earthly appetite. Our days are filled with satisfying earthly appetites. 
and we don't understand why we can't go further. Why is it that we can't seem to go deeper? Why is it that I get so far, but then I seem to struggle? I'll tell you why. It's because the feeding of the earthly appetite is never satisfied, but the result of feeding the earthly appetite is captivity. And what we do in our human nature, and I'm as guilty as the next person, is we go, let me balance it out. Well, I fed the spirit man a while. I deserve some time to go feed the flesh a while. Really, I thought the scripture said to crucify the flesh. If I feed it, it's not going to die. I really don't want a spirit and flesh balance. I'm not trying to get a spirit and flesh balance. I'm trying to kill this flesh and walk in the spirit. Amen? I think that's what we're all striving for. But we need to understand what the scripture is declaring. Captivity comes as a result of pursuing that appetite. But, but watch. Now, now, we've read all that. They rise up early, strong drink, food, feast, music. Enter, they're being entertained. Therefore, captivity and all these things. I want you to watch the next verse, verse 14. Therefore, this is the result, hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure and their glory and their multitude and their pomp and he that rejoices, he's not talking about rejoicing in the Lord, shall descend into it. It's a pretty clear word, isn't it? I want you to see something in that verse right there that's on your screen. Hell hath enlarged herself. That word herself is the same word that we just read in Ecclesiastes, appetite. Hell hath enlarged its appetite. Matter of fact, that word appetite in the scripture many times translates as it only translates as appetite i think twice but it translates as desire himself herself it continue points to self that word appetite points to self and we see the result of this appetite what has happened i'll tell you what has happened we have been deceived to believing that there is a balance that I owe my flesh some things because I've served God. I, I prayed for an hour this morning, so I, I, I deserve a break, and I will feed my flesh in some way. I mean, we may not say it that way, but we've all done it. Stay with me. We're going to turn. Some of you are like, I don't like this. Could we just stay with me? Just for a few more minutes, please. I, I know this is very strong, but the Lord is trying to provoke us. He's trying to provoke us because we're in transition. Okay? We have to address the appetite issue. Watch. We'll, we'll skip for some of these for sake of time. Um, let's go to Philippians 3. 
I was on the edge of my seat when Brother Renee said that at the beginning. He talked about pressing towards the mark, reaching to the Lord, all that. Okay. I want you to see what comes after that. Philippians chapter 3. And let's start with verse number 17. So Paul said this is what he's doing. We heard those verses from Brother Renee. Verse 17. Brethren, watch what he says. Be followers together of me. And mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. Mark those that walk so, like us or not like us. Mark them. Not verse 18. Notice what he says. Remember the pursuit is pressing towards the mark of the prize of the high calling. For many walk. He didn't say one or two. Many walk of whom I have told you often, and now I tell you even weeping. This grieved the apostle Paul's heart. He just shared what he was doing, what he was pursuing, how he was wanting fellowship with the resurrection and fellowship of his suffering so that he could attain death, that he could attain resurrection. He was striving, he was pressing, and he said, walk as my example. And he said, because I'm telling you, and I'm even weeping over this, some walk and they are enemies of the cross of Christ. That's a strong statement. What do you mean they're enemies of the cross of Christ? Well, let's read the next verse. Whose end is destruction. Whose God is their appetite, their belly. Whose glory is in their shame, who mind, what do they mind? Earthly things. We have developed an appetite for the things of the world. And we've justified it by saying, but it's not sin. The issue isn't sin or not. The issue is what you're feeding yourself. Why don't you let me keep your kids for a week and feed them whatever I want? Don't worry, it won't be sin. I won't have them eat or drink anything sinful, but you just let me feed them whatever I want for a week. Oh, you think that matters? Oh, it's not just about sin. This is what the scripture is trying to teach us. What are we feeding ourselves? This has been brought to the forefront in my spirit these last couple of weeks. What are we feeding ourselves? We've got to stop just going, well, is it right or wrong? It's like, is it conducive to the spirit man? Am I feeding the spirit man? I told you I've been looking and reading and I've been looking at the science too because uh, it's interesting to me. In fasting, and you know, fasting does medical things too. I'm learning a word. I'm probably saying it wrong. It's called autophagy, and it's A-U-T-O-P-H-A-G-Y. Um, but anyway, it is uh, this process that takes place in the body when you fast. 
And it actually, some have said that within 72 hours of fasting, your immune system has reproduced itself, including part of this autophagy process. I don't know if I'm saying it. Now, I, I say that to say this. If, if I'm never fasting earthly things, if I always have an appetite for earthly things, what am I doing to my spiritual system? And so there's this concern of what we constantly bring in and constantly bring in with no account, measuring it as though if it's not sin, it's fine. The issue is, it's why then you come into the house of God and you're like, man, I'm trying to pray, but I'm just not feeling anything. Doesn't mean you've been in sin. You understand? It, it, now, it may. If you got sin, you need to repent. But oftentimes it just means I've just been feeding myself so much of this world's stuff that I'm having trouble connecting spiritually. I'm having to break through this fleshly barrier because I've been feeding the flesh so much. Paul said they were enemies of the cross. They have a God. Their God is their belly. And that word belly is the physical belly. And it, it, in the Greek, it literally means like the palate and the desire of taste and even has the word gluttony attached to it. He said that's become their God. And they become enemies of the cross because of that. He's talking to people who were in the church. And so, we really need to think about our appetite. I, in this studying of science, I'm not trying to give you a science lesson tonight, but I see so many parallels, the way the body works and spiritually. Um. When you, when you start fasting, obviously your body has to find energy somewhere else, right? You know, that Snickers that I've been thinking about the last three days that I haven't ate, okay, because I don't have one and I haven't bought one. I don't got one stashed or anything like that. My wife bought groceries today and she said I didn't get us any snacks. <laughs> so... Um, but what happens is when, when you fast, your body has to find something else to eat. Otherwise, you die. I think we know this. And so your body usually survives on sugars, carbs, right? You put in all that sugar. That's why you, have, you and I have our coffee in the morning, okay? That's not really the sugar unless you mix, stuff. You mix all your stuff in it. All you that mix all your stuff in your coffee, right? You're, that sugar, that's why you can drink your coffee. And you're like, man, I don't need anything else. Right, that, that's giving you your energy, right? Or so we do that. Well, what happens when you start fasting? You're not putting in all those sugars and those carbs, right? And so your body's going, okay, they're not giving me the sugars and carbs. I got to find something else. I've used up all the sugar and all the carbs that they have available to me. That probably doesn't happen in the first two hours, but it does start happening by the sixth to eight hour I'm learning. It's interesting. So it doesn't take long. That's what I'm thinking spiritually, too. So I'm excited about these couple of weeks already and what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. 
So your body says, okay, I've got to switch what I've been eating. Literally, this is what your body does. It says, I have to switch what I've been eating to live. And so your body says, carbs and stuff aren't there anymore. So the body says, I'm going to start eating fats where you have stored energy. With me? He was like, this is science. Hang on. And so your appetite changed. Your body was designed to know when it needed to change what it was eating. You know why we don't just hunger after the things of God? We've learned to get our fix eating earthly things. And so spiritually, we come into a service and we feel the presence of God and we're like, man, that tastes so good. That's so satisfying to my soul. Oh, how wonderful the presence of God. I feel the presence of God right now. How beautiful the presence of God. And my soul and your soul says, yes. That satisfies the appetite. And I go out on Monday, and on Monday I'm like, man, church was great yesterday. And I begin to feed the earthly appetite. Because I'm going to come back Thursday. And, I, and my body is going, sugars. And the appetite is going like this. And it's never satisfied. The flesh is never satisfied. And the spirit is never satisfied. They're both just surviving. I understand why Paul said, I'm weeping. Their God has become their belly. And it probably didn't start as a full-on deal. But over time, it got to the point to where they became enemies of the cross. And their end, he said, is destruction. It sort of aligns with what Isaiah said of those that from morning till night, and their end, they were going to go down into hell that had enlarged its appetite and opened its mouth. We're going to turn, but I want you to read. I want you to pray with me for just a moment. Come on, would you talk to the Lord right now about what we've heard? Father, I want a spiritual appetite. Not just on Sunday or Thursday or not just for an hour in the morning. On, talk to him. This is what your soul is longing for is him. It's what your soul is longing for. 
Come on, I can feel the spiritual hunger from some of you in this room, and you didn't even realize that's what it was. But I'm telling you, that's what it is. Your, your soul is hungry. Your soul is hungry. It desires the Lord. It desires spiritual things. But it's wrestling with you. It's a war between your members trying to balance the two, which is not a possibility. We must give ourselves to the things of the Spirit. We need a change of appetite. We need a change of appetite. The psalmist said in Psalm 34 and 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And blessed is the man that trusteth in him. You want blessing? Change your appetite. Taste and see that the Lord is... He's talking about appetite. Taste and see the Lord is good. Proverbs 13 and 25, Solomon said... Watch these words. The righteous eats to the satisfying of his soul. It's the same Solomon that said those that labor all to fill their mouth, their appetites never filled. He said the righteous eats and his soul satisfied. You see the difference? The flesh appetite will never be satisfied. But when I give myself to pursuing spiritual things, I will be satisfied. This is what Jesus was talking about when he said, if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. You'll find a purpose for living. But what's going on is you're still trying to hold on to a little bit of flesh. I'm telling you, there's a transition taking place. There's an invitation from the Most High God. Jesus said on the mount in Matthew 5 and 6, Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness. Why? They shall be filled. See, the fleshly appetite is never satisfied. But the Word shows us again and again. If I have a righteous heart, that only God can give me, and I pursue him, I'm filled. I'm satisfied. We used to sing a song when I was a kid. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Only he can take your heart and make you whole. He'll give you peace you never knew, sweet love and joy, and heaven too. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Why do people become addicted to alcohol and drugs and other things? I'll tell you why. They're trying to satisfy the soul, but they're feeding it through fleshly means, and the flesh is never filled. And what is the end of those things? It's destruction. It's the fulfillment of the Word of God. They're filling, they're trying to satisfy the soul, but they're feeding fleshly things. And the end of the fleshly appetite is destruction, never filling. We need a work of the Spirit of God so our appetite is changed. How does your body physically know to make the change from carbs and sugars to fats? You starve it. You fast. 
you stop feeding it what it wants. I've been reading this stuff. I'm, I'm looking at some different things with fasting. And, you know, you go into a fast, oftentimes you'll go in, and by day two you're going to have a headache or you're feeling this or you're feeling... Nothing's wrong. Like, oh, man, something's wrong. I got to eat. No, nothing's wrong. It's your body making the change. These are... I've been wanting to understand what's happening because I don't want to bail. And so you can change. Here's the deal. You can change what you eat before you go into a fast, and it will help your body make the switch before you ever start fasting. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I learned that. How many of you ever heard of doing keto? Raise your hand. Ha! I'm with you. I've heard of it too in my house. It's eating a lot of fats. You're teaching your body to make that change before you make the change. It's why people who do that lose weight because they start eating fat and the body's appetite has changed. Now it begins eating the fat that they already have. That stored energy. Now, I'm not here on a diet class or, but you understand spiritually, do you see? Okay, we understand the things that are not seen by the things that are seen. So, what happens spiritually? You are not, I'm gonna start starving my flesh. That's what we're doing by abstaining from media this month. We're saying, I'm cutting it off, right? I'm, I'm not just going, I'm going to try to change it a little bit. I'm going, no, I've got to shift my appetite. And so, therefore, what I'm doing is I'm completely abstaining from that. It's like going, no more sugar. Is this making sense? That's what's happening spiritually. And so, it's painful if you've been addicted to that stuff. Or you've just been habitually. And so, it can be, man, what am I doing with my time? The word, prayer, fellowship. Isn't it funny that we're like, I don't, you, you realize all of a sudden how much time you have? Start feeding yourself spiritual things in that time. We've got to work a change in our appetite. It's got to happen because there's the promises of the Lord. Blessed are they which hunger and thirst, they shall be filled. Please stand with me. John 6 and 35. Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. You ever notice how much was in Scripture about eating? I am the bread of life. I hear the psalmist saying, taste and see the Lord's good, and the Lord saying, I'm the bread. Deuteronomy, he even told them, I caused you to suffer time of transition i led you in the wilderness i let you suffer i let you go through this stuff i fed you with manna that you didn't produce why because i wanted you to know that man does not live by bread alone natural things but by every 
word that proceeds. You live by spiritual things. My spiritual word is what will cause you to live. And so Jesus comes and says, I'm the bread of life. He that comes to me shall what? Never hunger. It's the difference between the fleshly and the spiritual. And Jesus is saying, come, come, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is come. But he's trying to compel us to a change of appetite. To put away the fleshly things. Stop minding earthly things. Crucify the God that is the belly. And get our affections set upon him who is. Come on, I'm opening this altar to you tonight. There is a beckoning of the spirit of God in this place of transition that would invite us to examine our appetite. I want a spiritual appetite. I don't just want it on Sunday morning when I'm praying, oh God, do something in the service today. But I want to live in the Spirit. I want to walk in the Spirit. I want to abide in Him like Brother Renee talked about. I want to be seeking Him morning, noon, and night. I want to live feeding myself with the things of God. Young people, if you'll make this transition, I'm telling you, the trajectory of your life will change so dramatically you have no idea what God has set on your generation. If you'll get your appetite away from the things of the world and get it fixed on the things of God, I believe God will take you into dimensions and places with Him that you never thought possible. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the I hunger for you. Come on, the hunger of your heart is for the Lord. Whoever you are tonight, the hunger of your heart is for the Lord. Come on, you may not recognize it, but what you feel drawing on you, that compelling of your spirit is the beckoning of the Lord, saying to you with His Spirit, taste and see, I'm good. Come on, I can satisfy the longing in your soul. I can feed that place in you that hungers. Come on, move on in. There's others that would come into the altar if we'll make room. If you're in the aisle, come on up into the altar. Find a place and make room. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you're in your seat and the Lord's drawing you, I'm asking you, get out of the seat. Come and find a place before the Lord in prayer. Let Him do a work that we get a hunger that shifts. Let there be a turning of our appetite holy to the things of God. Hallelujah. Come on, some of the struggle that you're saying, man, it's, I'm just fighting a spiritual battle. No, really the battle is your flesh, and it's warring against the Spirit. It feels like a spiritual battle, but what's happening, we keep feeding the flesh, and then the Spirit's having to fight against our flesh to get a breakthrough. 
Come on, if we'll get this appetite corrected in a moment in the workplace, somebody can ask, present a need, and we'll begin to pray, and we'll be in the Spirit. We'll have the unction of the Holy One. It'll be present there. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let the Holy Ghost wrap about you. Let the Holy Ghost wrap about you. Come on, cast off every thought that's contrary to the Word or the will of God. We cast off condemnation, Lord. We're responding to the conviction of your Spirit. Oh, Lord, we hunger and thirst after you. And we stand on your Word that we will be filled. We stand on your Word that we will be filled. Give us an appetite for the Word of God. Give an appetite for the closet of prayer. Give us an appetite, Lord, to reach souls. Give us an appetite, Lord, to abide in your presence. Give us an appetite appetite, Lord, for the things of you. We must stop serving the God of our belly. We must stop serving the God of fleshly appetites. And there's a world that's hungry. They're hungry and they're trying to fill their appetite with earthly things. They need the church that is the bread to feed them. They need spiritual people to come into their presence and let them to know that the Lord is good, that we have what they need, what they hunger for that they don't know. Jesus, lead us. Jesus, show us. Jesus, direct us. Yelondori aramande yeki erele di arabaye 